Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm mad rusty. <laughs> Please remember to like, subscribe, um, you know, hit the notification thing. Um, leave a comment, let me know you missed me. Uh, let me know how you're dealing with this summer time stuff where, or if you're, it's summer wherever you are. Anyway, all right, let's just start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Japan according to Akil. Everything you wanted to know, or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akil, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, hey, what's going on? I think this is episode 175 of the podcast. This is, I think, going to be a pretty good one. I went on the. Do I got to sneeze? Do I got to sneeze? Do I have to. Uh, yes i did okay um this is a pretty good one um and i want a pretty good rant uh, like revealing my philosophy my way of thinking about being a teacher uh, here in japan my history in detail as a teacher and just some nuggets that i picked up along the way that worked for me again i'm not telling you this is not my how to be a teacher in japan program or anything like that i'm just sharing stream of consciousness my thoughts my experiences good bad middle whatever um and hopefully you can pick up some stuff that might help you um either get a better idea what it's like to be a teacher in japan if you are a teacher in japan you know what um some shit you can do or just i don't know some shit to listen to and laugh at my ass i don't know i don't know i don't know, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out um I'm, I'm interested in listening back to back to this though too so all right y'all enjoy hey 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 what's going on what's going on everyone Welcome. I don't even know what fucking episode it is. Oh my gosh. Like I'm so unprofessional right now. I am not doing anything right. I have not been recording at all for a long time. I think we are 175. I might be wrong. I'm sorry if I am. <laughs> um, I literally just, uh, just plugged everything in. I tried to record, uh, last night, but I couldn't. Uh, Cause I got caught up with other stuff, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, well, I've been doing a bunch of stuff. Okay. Let me just give you guys the rundown of what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm in total dad mode right now. Um, I'm enjoying being a dad. My baby girl's doing excellent. You know, she's what, almost four months. I, I, I looked at my phone the other day. I was like, shit, it's been almost two months since I recorded anything. I'm on, well over a month and a half. Um, I'm so again. I'm sorry. I told you guys it would be, kind of be like this for a little while. I'm just enjoying that. Um, uh, working on a proposal for uh, one of my mentors that I'm going to try and throw some ideas at him for some shit. It's pretty significant for to for me. Uh, I can let you guys know. Not now, you know, if I am successful, I'll let you guys know. If if, if not, like, I'll just keep it to myself. Ah, whatever, I don't know, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I got to put some shit together. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of really at the forefront of my mind. So recording really wasn't in my, on my, in my wheelhouse right at the, at the current moment. Plus I got my daughter, you know, um, <clears throat> my relationship with my wife, 
Um, my son, of course, dad time, juggling work, juggling, you know, normal stuff, finances and in my daily life and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I, I just been, um, just caught up with that, uh, taxis and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much why I've been off the radar as I kind of expected would happen, you know, especially, um, I, I get kind of busy in summertime, um, with just like filing season for my company and stuff like that, which I got to take care of this month and in, in, within the next month. Um, and yeah, so normally for you, you kind of notice like fall time, I kind of, the year starts winding down. I kind of can crank out the stuff, especially after, you know, my, um, my my daughter is is a bit more you know active in, in in her sleep schedule and stuff like that. So I mean she's getting there and you know she she's a happy baby. She's great. Um, um, and my son's great with her. So that's all I can ask for really. But so yeah, I'm a happy dad. I'm a fucking happy dad. Um, so to, yeah, tonight I just wanted to record something just just you know, um, just to say stop popping and say what's up uh, for the time being. And I was thinking about it. I was like, what can I talk about? Because, you know, I'm, I wasn't in the mood to research anything. And I wasn't, I, I've been trying to lay off the finance stuff. There's a bunch of stuff going on. I, I was, you know, knee deep into that. Um, as you can kind of see, the Japanese yen has continued to depreciate. Um, I'm not going to bore you, bore you guys with all that jazz. But, yeah, it's, it's been kind of crazy. It's, things have kind of settled down for these past few weeks or this past week or so. But, um, I'm, you know, still got one eye open looking at everything that's going on, but, um, I just kind of, I'm trying to step away from the news a little bit just cause, you know, like watching that shit all the time, you know, it rots your fucking brain. Um, but any, <laughs> rot your brain. okay. And uh, anyway, anyway, um, so I was, I was thinking and I, I, I'm going to share some stuff. I'm going to open up some intimate details cause I don't have any links, you know, I don't have anything. I didn't really, I just push and play and I was setting up and I was thinking what the fuck can I talk about with you guys that would actually be, be beneficial you know um I, I kind of told you guys several times like I want to make sure that whenever I push play or push record on this thing I'm giving something if it's you know some even if it's some bullshit I want to give something that's beneficial either entertainment or education wise and ideally both um and so that's what I'm going to do. I told you guys I wasn't going to talk about this in the past if you're a long-time listener, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you guys my philosophy on teaching English tonight. My, I'm going to give up the game. You know, they say the game is to be sold, not told, but um, I'm going to tell it. <laughs> the only thing I'm selling it for is a fucking like. All right, um, wherever you are, a like or a comment, um, if it's beneficial. But but no no no. Um, I mean I'm not like a pimp, you know, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna joke around like that. But whatever. Um, yeah yeah. So so that that's what I want to do. I'll just want to spend some time and, and go over my personal philosophy of teaching English here in Japan. Uh, I, I don't know how beneficial it will be for you all, um, but I'm going to just spit it out and pick up whatever nuggets are helpful for you guys. Um, if you are teaching in Japan, if you're planning on coming to Japan, if you never want to be a fucking teacher in Japan, um, you know, you just want to laugh at me. Or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. But but um, le all right, let me let me give it, let me break it down for you guys. So. Let me make sure I'm fucking recording for you guys. 
I'm in my pajamas. You might see my pajamas, by the way. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. So, where do I begin? Um, all right. All right. So, I'm going to speak to... Uh, I'm going to use the fucking avatar. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm going to use a case study that I'm speaking to someone who is uh, new to Japan, a new teacher to Japan, and who actually gives a fuck about what I want to say. Because <laughs> most people don't give a fuck about my personal philosophy on teaching English. But um, the, the number one thing I would say is um, for someone who is teaching in Japan, well, first off, generally speaking, the majority of people who are new teachers in Japan don't intend on doing this for their long-term career right and that's not a bad thing at all right like i mean it's probably a good thing especially if you know what you want to do with your life and you're using like teaching english in japan as a way of gaining some life experiences live in and around tokyo or anywhere in japan that you please you know see some completely different funky ass life-changing shit experience the whole nihon you know japan lifestyle and then go about your business in 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 your life you know with some stories to tell some fond memories and hopefully some you know good relationships um yeah that's i think a great way to approach your time in japan um and especially if you are an Ikaiwa teacher in any form, you know, whether you're working for a school, whether you're freelancing, doing a combination of both, private students, contract work, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different variations of it. Again, within the Ikaiwa realm, I've probably done almost everything in some form or another. The only thing I haven't done, as you've heard me say, is ALT, which is working in, you know, elementary, junior high, high schools. I haven't done anything of that. But pretty much in a Kiowa, uh, you know, in my I'm coming up on 18 years in this freaking country, <laughs> you know, um, kids lessons, adult lessons, corporate stuff, teaching in cafes, fucking, you know, groups of people, small people, business people, young people, short people, crazy people. You know, I've pretty much done a, 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 a wide variety of shit. Right. And so. um I probably forgot like how, you know half the shit that I've done not toot my own horn I'm just saying like I've I'm kind of been around the block you know and um I started off if you don't know I started off to working for at the time the biggest uh, Akaiwa school in Japan which was Nova um I don't think I ever told my full bio um as a Akaiwa teacher but but I'll run it down so um yeah so I did that for how long was that about three years I think um yeah I was a teacher for several years and then I decided to be a school manager it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is um but uh, it was called ISL at, at the time and so then I was ISL um for about a year year and a half I think then my company went bankrupt um, it was like a huge scandal. I've, I've talked about it here, um, in the past and on another, another person's platform as well. So after that happened, you know, um, I, I, I accumulated some private lessons, um, during the time. Um, but during the bankruptcy, you know, I basically had that, I had a support network, which kind of helped me and some savings to kind of help me during that time. Then the company reopened, 
Um, I really wasn't happy with the situation at all. Um, that was the first time in my life I was like at a moral dilemma, like what the fuck should I do? And after I think like about a half a year, about a half a year, I think 2008, I want to say, um, after I got engaged, I believe, uh, <laughs> I, um, I quit. I got, I got like some people were leaving Japan. They offered me a contract job, which was a sizable chunk of income. It was, it was a pay cut at the time, but, um, I was like, fuck it. It was enough to live off of. So I took it. And that began a period where I freelanced. That was like about 2008 to, yeah, 2012, I believe, 12, 13 ish. So about like, yeah, 2013, yeah. So about five years, I was basically freelancing for five years at that point, um, full time, like literally most of, like at the peak. I mean, I was making good, pretty good money. Um, but I, you know, I was in my mid to late 20s when I started you know, to my, uh, my mid twenties, I believe, um, when I started to like late twenties around 30. Um, and you know, in your mid twenties, like riding around on my bicycle, running around the train all day around Tokyo, literally like 28 days, 29 days of the week, you know, but I mean, I was making cash, you know, envelopes, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, you know, but, you know, I had pretty good cash flow, low expenses. I didn't have any kids at the time. I was married in a relationship. So, um, I was saving money. I was investing, doing stuff like that. Um, and yeah, but it it just took a fucking toll on my body. Like, like I could not do that now at 40 years old. And I lost a shitload of weight after a few years. People were like, are you okay? (laughs) Like, you know, cause, uh, cause like riding around the summer heat in Tokyo, like pedaling back and forth is not cool. Um, but I, and one thing I learned, like, you know, I heard people say it like in your twenties, you really focus on your physical strength, you know, like you have unlimited vitality, if you will. So, you know, you rely on yourself and in, in from 30, you kind of start learning to rely, not rely on other, but work with other people. It's like you realize like, oh shit, I can't do everything by myself. So you have to start working with other people, finding other avenues. And so, um, when I hit my thirties, I kind of had a crisis moment a few years. I was, of course I was still studying Japanese, hoping to get out of teaching at that point in time. Um, but I hit like a crisis point where I re like I was trying to get out. You've heard me talk about this before, I believe. And, and I went through a dark time because like I was just like, you know, trying to get out of teaching. But my heart wasn't actually in that. I was looking for like a safe place where I could get a safe career and start a family and stuff like that. But that's not me. And it took me some time to realize that. Um, so fast forward by chance, I met my 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 former boss who I, uh, yeah, I, I haven't told you guys much about that experience out of respect for him, <laughs> even though you guys don't know who he is. Um, you know, I just don't want to like air anyone's dirty laundry, even if it's anonymously. Um, I mean, great guy. You know, in a way, <laughs> in his way, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, things that like I just just applied tonight, trying to get, get my son to eat mushrooms. 
um, just about child psychology and about, you know, working with kids and, and how to approach things. And uh, I'm uh, excellent at, at that way. Um, but I also learned, you know, working with him for about a year that I, that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to run my own school. That was my hope. Like, you know, once I decided to go all in on being a, a teacher in some form, a Kiowa in some form or another, you know, I saw him as a mentor, teaching. maybe I could learn the ropes from him, hopefully um, start my own school in the future. That's kind of how it was sold to me. Um, it turned out that really wasn't in my best interest at all. And I knew it was time for me to go. It was time for me to go. Moved. I, and I decided to strike out on my own and find a way to start my own business, you know. Um, and so which brought me to my current job, which I've been at for Yeesh, I was just like seven years now. Um, you know, back uh, through that time, I've met several mentors, people who helped me along my way, my journey. Um, my journey. <laughs> that sounds so Instagrammy, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and and you know, it's a constant back and forth. You, if you're a long time listener, you hear me. I got it. No, I don't got it. I know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, but as I get closer, I'm 40 now. You know, um, I'm. I think I am making progress in 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 the direction that I'm going. Um, yeah, you know, started a company, quote unquote. I don't. I, t- I don't really consider myself that because I haven't. You know, got like a viable my feet planted in a viable business um, yet. So um, I, I'm getting closer. I'm getting traction. That's what that's what I'm working on right now. Um, so. Uh, I, you know, I'm 40. So that leads to another stage in life where it's like, oh, wait, the realization revelations kind of come like, oh yeah. Cause we just want to think like, I, I need other people like, oh, I really need to, and it's better to work with other people this way instead of this way. And so, so that's what I'm kind of, um, you know, without talking about it too much, that's what I'm, tr- I'm trying to set up now, which, um, if it works out, I think would be the real purpose of, of all these things that I've been doing. Um, so, which, which is great. If it is really exciting. Um, so, so that gives you, if you, if you've never listened to this before, that gives you, you know, a, a quick broad strokes of me as a teacher, my history as a teacher. Um, what that doesn't talk about is how much I love teaching. I do like, um, I realize through the course of, of maybe after I think about a year of teaching, I realized like I liked it a lot and I was pretty good at it, you know, um, because I, I think the, the main thing um, that helps me is I have a fucking crazy ass imagination. If you haven't learned by now, I have a crazy ass imagination. Um, and that's, I think my, my biggest tool, my biggest asset as a teacher, to be honest with you, is my imagination. And I let my imagination run wild as a teacher. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but generally speaking, like in the exercises that I do, like I'm, I, I realize like I'm a very visual person. So I pretty much visualize, you know, I have ex- enough experience in, in tools in my repertoire where I can pretty much visual what I'm doing in the lesson. Like this is shit I, I said I wasn't going to tell anyone, but whatever. Um, in a lesson, pretty much what I'm doing is I'm visualizing either a specific situation um, that the person's in, visualizing what they do. Once I get a picture of, of, of what they do, I can get a, I can get a picture of what they need in a specific situation. And then I'll put that person in that specific situation. And once they're in that situation, then I can kind of imagine 
the type of communication they'll be doing. And then once I have that, then I can kind of imagine the type of language that they would need. Now, I'm not telling you this to tell you to start doing this shit because this is stuff I'm doing like off instinct in like a split second, basically. I'm just like doing a Rain Man kind of like for a second and then I got it, right? So... <laughs> literally that's what i'm doing half the time i'm like uh-huh uh-huh question 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 okay okay i got it let's do this like <laughs> that's what i'm doing half the time um i i i don't know when i started doing that like i um i think i just um acquired that's my style you know and, and kind of tapped into the realizing that i'm a visual person i'm a visual thinker and once i realized i'm a visual thinker it allowed me to kind of start playing with my imagination using my imagination in visual ways to help like customize and cater my lessons to my students needs customization for me is is my strong point like Basically, in my five years as a freelance teacher, I was like three, sometimes four times a day customizing lessons for individual students or dozens of students week in and week out for five years. Pretty much that's what I do. Wake up in the morning, each lesson. I mean, there were no online lessons at that time or I wasn't doing them at that time. You know, boom, at least I gave myself at least 15 to 30 minutes to plan each lesson had notebooks for them, customized them, you know, for each individual or group, kept records of that. And then basically through that process, I was, you know, I would have to kind of visualize how the lesson would go, visualize what they need, visualize what they do. And the thing about doing that, I mean, it's kind of like a trial by fire because the thing about being a private English teacher especially in Japan is like, let me, if you're working for school and you do like a shitty lesson or you're tired and you're just like, ah, fuck, whatever, it's fine. Like, you know, you're still going to get paid and you're still going to get, the students going to come back and more, more than likely, or if not, another student will be provided to you. When you're a private teacher, when you're a freelance teacher, it's just you. It's just you. And you got to like fucking bring the goods every time. And, you know, I had to bring the goods every fucking time for like five years, day in and day out. Pretty much, you know, physically, emotionally, emotionally. I mean, it was fucking draining. Like, you know, especially in summertime, like I have to go back and just take a fucking crash and take a nap just to recover, you know, um, between like commuting sometimes like a half an hour, an hour, teaching one, two hours, then go back, you know, and do it all. I get like two, three hours and then break and then do it all over again. So you can imagine, like it, 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 literally there were times I was literally working every day a month, like for two, three months in a row. Sometimes like, I was, you know, um, I was on a fucking mission. Um, wrong kind of mission, but a mission. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, but I, just to give you some advice, so when I hope this is making sense to somebody, I'm just like telling y'all my shit. So I remember, and I tell people, like, I remember the day I wanted, wait, hold on, is, is this, I'll put, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. The, the game, I, I gotta check. I think I'm okay. Oh, let, me, let me turn it, let me turn the game down a little bit. Uh, I think it was up a little bit too loud. Sorry, sorry, sorry if the audio is up a little bit too loud. I didn't check really. Let me let me see. Yeah, I didn't check. I didn't check to. Um, I didn't really check. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Uh, we're okay. I believe we're okay, uh, audio wise. Um, did I just turn? Okay, All right, let me just fuck with that a little bit. <laughs> fuck with that knob a little bit. <laughs> um, because I'm watching the Garage Band thing go up and whatever, 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 whatever. It's fine. Um. Yeah, so uh, the the day I decided to be a good teacher, 
I remember like it was like my first year teaching or something like that. And um, I taught some regular students and like, you know, we were cool. They were cool. And, you know, at the time, I'm like 23. I'm just here hanging out, drinking, partying and shit, like, you know, working just to pay the bills and, and live in Japan, get a visa or whatever. And I had an epiphany in a lesson one time. And, you know, I just re- I don't remember who it was exactly, but I just remember I was bored or something like that in my lesson and just going through the motions teaching or whatever, just counting the minutes since I get the fuck out of there. And then, like, I was just like, hold up, like, this is my time. And, like, it was a 40-minute lesson, and I can't get out of this 40 minutes, basically. Like, I'm stuck here with this person for 40 minutes. And it sucks if I'm having a crappy-ass time for 40 minutes, and this person is whatever, fuck that person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how I was thinking at the time. Like, you know, I mean, not literally like fuck them, but I was like, fuck them. This is about me. And I should be enjoying myself, you know, in this lesson. And it makes no sense for me to be sitting there bored, moping, you know, like rolling internally, rolling my eyes, you know, counting the minutes until I can get the fuck out of here when I just got to do it all over again. Nothing else will make the time pass. There's nothing I can do to speed up the clock. So I might as well enjoy this, you know, and I might as well put my effort into it to make the student get something out of it. Not for them, for me, so that I can feel like I did something with my time. And that, I'm not recommending you think this. You can say, man, fuck it, whatever. I just want to, like, hang out. Like I said, this is something that happened to me. Um, and once I did that, like, I actually started caring about my lessons. It sounds kind of weird. But, you know, and once I started caring about my lessons, I actually started putting energy and thought into trying to come up with ways to make them creative and ways to make them, you know, more worthwhile for my students. And then I remember like a few, after a few weeks of doing this, one student like who we became friends and she actually became my private student some years later was like, um, you know, your lessons have gotten a lot better recently. And that, I was like, really? And then she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see a real difference. And I was like, thank you. And that was kind of like the switch that was like, huh? Okay. You know, cool. Like, you know, um, and that's when I kind of really started caring as a teacher and I started really enjoying teaching. And over time I realized like, I guess I have a talent for it. Um, and yeah, I would say I'm okay. I don't know if I've said this here, but whatever, fuck it. I'll say it. (laughs) (laughs) okay okay, whatever whatever i'll spill the beans whatever in my mind like you know i'm i don't think i'm the best teacher in japan you know but i don't know who is the best teacher in japan in my mind i'm the best teacher in japan okay i'm i'm just fuck it it might sound arrogant it might sound cocky but i don't i think about this is how i think about it that way not in like and i'll 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 also what's the word pair this statement with another seemingly contrary statement i also understand that my job is completely replaceable and i it's um i'm completely humble by my job like 
I understand that I am very replaceable. And I also understand that I'm, um, what's the word? I, I, I have no ego about my job. If that, if that makes sense about my skills or my talents, like, because anytime a student wants, they can change, they can leave, they can stop. They can, their preferences can change. It's their decision, right? It's kind of how I approach it. So yeah, in my mind, like I'm the best, but not for the reasons you might think. Like, I don't think I'm the best for like, I'm the shit kind of reason. Um, because that's ego first off, you know, and I think in, in this job, in this industry, some people do have ego about their status as a teacher. And, and I did in the beginning too, like having people and it is, and I understand it, 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 it can be a very, it's an, it's an illusion, you know, um, because, you know, I used to say, oh, I'm an English sensei. I'm a sensei. You know, everyone calls it Kiel sensei. You're a sensei. And, you know, people are like, oh, and, you know, the way Japan is and the way communication in Japan is set up, people pat you on the back a lot, you know, even for when you don't deserve it, you know, and it's many times not genuine, or even if it is genuine, um, it's for shit that doesn't mean anything. You know, um, in the long run, if, if, if just keeping it real with you, this is how my, I'm getting my take on it. So, um, it can give you a false sense of entitlement and a false sense of um, status in your job without realizing that you are extremely replaceable in your job. Um, and I mean, I've had to go through that and I've seen people go through it where, you know, you, you become bitter. Cause like, you know, people who are just like, Oh, you're the best. You're amazing. And they'll fucking drop you like a bad, bad habit. Like if, you know, uh, it doesn't really line up with what they want and, or what they need at that moment. And then you're just like, what the fuck? I thought I was the best. I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me <laughs> or some shit like that. And you're just like, eh, I got, my son has soccer practice. <laughs> sorry bye forever <laughs> you know that's just the way it is um and that's why um it you know i mean me freelancing for those years i had to show and prove every day you know and nobody there was no turn one to my left no it was just me and i had to be deliver and that's what i mean I also came into Japan, like, apparently my, my Nova school was when I came, oh, okay, all right, all right, now we're going to go deep. So when I first started, my school apparently was like the number one selling school in Japan for Nova, which was the number one selling, which was the number one, um, English school by far the largest they had like almost a thousand schools at their peak like well over 900 like well over eight like over 850 when I was there 2004 when I started so literally like I'm was I mean it's not a huge school there are bigger schools but it was in a sub like a residential area on like right the edge of the Yamanote line so it was just like perfectly fit in a in a completely compressed residential area near enough to central Tokyo where there were people with a, a pretty significant amount of disposable income at that time. And so, you know, it was just fucking packed and it was just loaded with people. And what that meant was, um, the staff were just fucking Spartan, you know? And I was told that the first day in there, cause it was just like, 
well, yeah, you're kind of going into like a wild situation. And they had kids there too. So, um, and at that school, they had like a kid's room. So they have, they had like two kid's rooms. Um, they also had like these little, like imagine like a big ass telephone booth. That's how every classroom was. It was just literally like a big ass telephone booth with a fucking bean shaped table and four chairs in it, three for the students and one for the teacher. Um, maybe like my wingspan a little bit larger across, you know, or if I laid down on the floor, I could probably touch all sides of it. But but that's what it was. It was just like a bunch of those honeycombed all around. And then you had two rooms for the group lessons. And if they were available, you could do your group lessons, uh, your individual lessons in the group classes. But you also had group classes. And the Japanese staff didn't help you with shit. Like, you know, that was just the thing. They were busy with sales. So they didn't help you with shit. During training, it was like, yo, the staff is there to help you if you have a problem with the kids. Let me tell you something. I was in rooms with like, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty fucking nerve wracking. If you're in a room with like five or seven kids bouncing all over the fucking place and, you know, it's all glass. You've got like on the outside parents like, you know, stopping in sometimes demo lessons. So you're supposed to put on a good face, put on a good show. And, and like the staff is just like, go, 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 entertain them. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember one time, like when I was new, and the kid, I just couldn't get the kids to listen. And there was like a little glass window to the front desk, like the side of the side front area, and they were having a meeting. And I'm like knocking on the door, like, "Yo, yo, come help me!" And they looked over at me, and they just laughed at me, and they were like, "No," <laughs> I was just like, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck," and so. I had to man up and, and, you know, and that's kind of how I learned how to partly in the first stages of dealing with teaching Japanese kids. Cause it was just like a trial by fire. I mean, you, but at that time, like you had other veteran teachers, you picked up, um, you picked up, um, some games, you picked up some techniques from everyone else. And, and so my repertoire pretty much is just that, like, that's how you, you pick up shit. You just learn, you know, you, you try some stuff in the lesson, it doesn't work. Or you, you have another person like, you know, you see what they're doing. They're doing a game. Hey, what's that game? Do you have any interesting games? You know, do you have any different interesting activities? Pick up a few of those, um, use those, put your little spin on it. Again, I use my creativity imagination. And then once you get a repertoire enough, then you can start kind of tweaking stuff and imagining your own based on the materials you got. And then after a while, you it's like become second nature. You can just like, look, oh, I can use this for this. I can do this with this. I can do this with that. I got a pencil. I got a beanbag. I got a marker. I got, okay, this kid's fucking crazy. I can't use a marker with this kid. Like, you know, they might like mark up my tie. Like, you know, um, yeah, there, there's this fucking, the conjo, it's like, You've probably seen it in, um, in, they don't do it now, thank goodness, but, like, when I came in, like, it, it was, like, this thing, basically, it's, like, it's, like, an elementary school prank, where, like, anyone who bends over, kids make a little diamond, if you can't see, and they stick their fingers up your butt, right? <laughs> they stick their fingers up your asshole, like, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like you're in a classroom and like, you know, I'm in a class I and you don't know this and like I'm in a classroom with like, you know, six, seven elementary school kids and then I bend over to pick up a marker and then boink, you know, 
after like two or three times you kind of learn how like not to bend over around uh, kids and you can't get pissed off at them that's the thing if you get pissed off at them you hit a kid you want to shake a kid like you know like you little motherfucker <laughs> you know i'm 23 i'm like you you know i want to like smack the shit out of this kid but like then you're like if i do this i'm fired and i can't live in japan fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> that's kind of what it's like it's like fuck you realize you're screwed basically and they got you by the balls so you either got to man up and learn how to deal with the shit or you know you you leave and i mean i i learned how to deal with it um i learned games i learned activities i learned how to manage a group of kids you know learn chi- japanese child psychology you know stuff like that you le- i learned really quickly and so if you think i learned i learned that um, in a busy school, fast-paced school, um, managed the school as well, went through the bankruptcy there, um, freelance for five years. So, 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 okay, okay, I'm getting completely sidetracked. So why do I say I'm the, in my mind, I'm the best teacher in Japan? Or maybe one of the best. I'm, I say I'm an elite teacher in Japan. Not because I'm the quote-unquote best teacher. Like, I'm not the best teacher, but I do think I have... Uh, a set I have a unique set of skills <laughs> no no I do but I, I, I think I have a combination of skills that is kind of rare in Japan and I've never met I have yet to meet a teacher that has all of them together some teachers might have I, I say that's what it is I probably well-rounded in that skill set the most I've, I've met teachers that have some skills more than me you know um but to have a combination of all of them I haven't met so far and um let me see if I can remember I think it's like five of them that I, that I thought of so of course teaching experience Japanese experience higher level Japanese experience understanding of Japanese culture because you can have Japanese ability but not understand Japanese people and the Japanese mindset three um respect for Japanese people actually because you can speak Japanese you can understand Japanese culture but not actually not respect Japanese people and Japanese culture and the and I remember the last one and the last one is actually enjoy teaching right so there are people who have more of those things. They might be, you know, better, more experienced teachers who can speak Japanese, but they fucking hate teaching deep inside their hearts, you know? And every time like they, they finish a lesson, they roll in their eyes or complaining about their students and shit, or, you know, people who might, um, what the fuck did I just say? (laughs) You know, people who understand Japanese culture, but, but, um, they might not be able to speak Japanese or people who, um, who have experience, who understand Japanese culture, but can't speak Japanese and don't like their job. Like shit, you know, um, or what was the second one? Uh, experience. Uh, fuck, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. You, you heard the fuck I said. Okay. <laughs> I always forget them shits. Um, but, but in, I mean, this is not an official list, but the, in my mind, like when I kind of evaluate myself like in my strong points as a teacher I think those I think I listed five those are the five that I go to which I think puts me in a in a very short list or somewhere in Japan I'm sure there's other teachers maybe someone else like that but I haven't met anyone so far who has like you know 
um, pretty high scores on all of those things. So, and plus, you know, I'm kind of like a, uh, pretty much, I have like a, you know, I have a odd sense of interests, a wide variety of interests. So like I can pretty much connect with a wide variety of people. Like, you know, I can talk about like fucking Pokemon video games. I can also talk about fucking, um, drinking and partying and i can also talk about the the economy and business you know and with, with someone too so uh and i'm interested and in, equally interested in all of those things so i'm a weird mishmash of a lot of different stuff which allows me to teach a lot of different people you know i can i can have like a fun stupid conversation with the fucking six-year-old kid and i can also talk with like a 65 year old president of a company about like japanese economic history so like that in, in equally respect both of them you know and i think that it's kind of what makes me uh, um, a valuable, but again, not valuable meaning in an ego kind of way, asset to uh, a Kiowa school as an employee because, you know, also I like what I'm doing. I'm professional. I have experience. So, you know, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be on time. You can throw anybody, any combination of people at me. I'll be fine. I can teach anywhere from one to probably 18 to 20 people no problem like you know if there any sudden change like hey i need you to do this right now can you go and jump in there and teach this cool no problem because i you know and i can figure it out figure out a lesson plan in like two three seconds and everyone will be happy because i've been doing shit like that for like the past like 15 years and you know 15 18 years that's kind of why um I, I i say you know in my mind i'm probably the best teacher in japan um but again not like ego kind of way i just mean like i'm, I'm a, probably one of the one of the most well-rounded teachers in japan um now how to teach okay well we're going on for 40 minutes so how to te- how to teach so the first thing okay let me let me give some some actionable tips because i was trying to think of a few and and some stuff that um my current school i got i've gone through training but the situation is a little bit different than how I was originally Japan has has changed quite a bit the Ikawa industry in Japan has changed quite a bit since since um I came into Japan so I'll, basically the number one thing I'd say for almost every new teacher you talk too much <laughs> that was like the first thing they were like you talk to you you're gonna talk too much and whether you realize it or not you talk too much you know um I mean, some people are okay with that. Some people like that. Some people think they like that. And some people don't like that, but just don't say anything because you're the sensei, you're the teacher, out of respect for your position. Um, depending on which type of person you're with is kind of going to be a judgment call. But again, under, but that goes with being able to understand Japanese culture and read between the lines which is something that takes experience because you might be like you know someone literally someone might be smiling in your face listening and nodding like uh maybe even laughing with you and then in their mind you're like oh gosh this motherfucker like you know but but they just don't know how to like especially in a foreign language you know um how to be like yo uh can we just do blah 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 some people do are like that, can do that, but the vast majority can't. Um, but as a general rule, any new teacher, you're talking too much, right? Um, 
and that's what I was told. You know, I, I'm kind of like an old school teacher that way. Like, you know, they're there to learn English. They're not there to listen to you speak. It was kind of what how one of the first lessons I was taught uh, in my initial training. And that's kind of a rule of thumb I try to have. I don't do it all the time. You know, um, sometimes I do go off on a rant every now and then. And, you know, depending on the person who might, I might feel comfortable with, tell a story or something like that. But you can feel when you're reaching. You can, if you, if you really, you can feel when you're dragging something, a topic, you know, um, and yeah and because because english lessons are fucking expensive here here and so if you really crunch the numbers and do the math like minute by minute how much someone is paying is your story really worth it you know what i'm saying like is is kind of how i do it right i'm not saying like this is how everyone else should do it but this is how i think about it is is what i'm saying really worth it if not, like, I mean, as, as a break between topics, as like a refresher, as something to, you know, every now and then share something about yourself, depending, it's fine, right? I mean, as a private lesson, you know, you have more time, generally speaking, an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, two hours, depending on the person, depending on the setup. Cool. But I mean, and even, even, okay, another thing, most of the time, students don't know what they want. Actually, is kind of my philosophy because some people might be like, well, I'm OK with just listening to you talk. Right. And, and, and I just want to listen. I just want to practice my listening. So go ahead and talk to me. And that's what they might say, but they don't really know what they want. And you're the professional in that situation. So your job is to create an atmosphere that gets them to reach their goals. And because that's what will happen sometimes. Like I've, I've been in that situation, too. Like a student would be like, I just want a that's all I know what I want. I want a, and they'll do a for like a few months and they'll be like, and then they'll be like, like, no, I, I don't want a at all. I want B, you know? And then you're like, what you said you want, I'm doing what you told. Or they might just like, you know, flame out or something like that because it's not what they really actually want. And so being able to kind of understand and perceive and, and hear. And for me, again, this is where my visualization um, comes in. Uh, how I use it to one, because to be honest with you, especially nowadays, once I've kind of locked in on this in the past, like, let's say five years, um, most of the time, like if someone tells me like, okay, why do you, why are you studying English? And they tell me the reason they tell me the reason. And then I have to ask them like about three or four questions to find the real reason, right? <laughs> like 80% of the time, the reason that people tell you why they're studying is not the real reason why. And you have to kind of dig for their real pain point to find out what they what made them actually want to start paying money out of their pockets to speak English and then, you know, service that need is kind of um, how I try to do things again. It's something that takes cultural understanding, time, because you can't just be like, yo, tell me, <laughs> like how we do in the West. Because remember, a lot of times people don't know. And, and reading body, like being able to read body language, nonverbal cues, there's a lot of shit that goes with it. Um, but that's what I would say. I say talking, understanding the real purpose, why a person is there, um, patience, underst understanding um your body language as well your body language says a lot right so um breathe your breathing you where you're looking you know what you're doing your posture all of those things are part of 
is the song and dance of being a good language teacher you know um it, displaying kind of confidence and interest is is kind of an important thing you might seem like i'm just being comfortable talking and again some people it doesn't bother them at all but for me i'm just talking about my personal philosophy and i'm not successful at it all the time but i do try my best you know because i i you know i'm human man i get tired i'm last night i didn't get enough sleep you know um i might have had a long day i might have other shit on my mind the person might be fucking boring i don't know like you know um i mean most of the people are okay i'll tell you another thing another secret to me um yeah if someone is like most of the time i can find something interesting about a student and that's kind of what i try to do like i literally try to find something interesting about it. it the person i've had some people who's like wow you're a complete asshole actually and that's really interesting and i i, I convince myself that that point is in, what's interesting about that person and i feed into that and that gives me motivation to teach them again from sometimes for mine like wow let me see how crazy this motherfucker is <laughs> let's talk about it <laughs> wow you're a fucking depressed workaholic okay let's talk about it. like you know um and 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 find something interesting and likable about that person and that might be it it might be i genuinely have good chemistry with the person it might be the person is generally cool you know it might be the person you know leads an interesting life or just the person is just a pleasant person to talk to. And on, on rare occasions, I'd say the person is just a complete asshole. And I got just like, wow, that was, you know, and I'm just laughing in my head like, holy shit, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> but that's my coping mechanism with that. And I, I rarely have to pull that one out. Um, like once every a couple times a year, I'd say. Um, but 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 generally speaking, yeah, that's kind of my process of dealing with that private lessons. Um, and also, like I, I would say, you know, at, at a school, you you know, one thing I, I had to learn over time is that teaching teaching English here, I use it as a networking tool. Right. I didn't realize how powerful it was until um, several until I I met you know, a person who had a huge impact on my life. And, you know, one of the mentors that I have even to this day, um, like, I used to think, like, because I'm not Japanese and because my Japanese is perfect and I can't speak Japanese, that it's a negative. But actually, you know, if you think about it, in this area, it's a negative. I can't do this, but I can do this. And so once I realized, like, English is my strong point, let me, instead of trying to push my way into the Japanese side, I was like, let me actually focus on strengthening my English side and shining in that area. And, you know, that makes me unique, you know. And so once I started doing that, and plus I have Japanese ability as well, which helps because I can communicate. Oh, you want to talk in Japanese? You want to talk in English? Okay, no problem. Whatever you is comfortable with you. Then you know, um, I'm, it, it comes into a, a situation where people can bring me around people. They know, okay, Akil's not going to embarrass me. Cause that's what, that's, that's basically what it is. Japanese people are not going to bring you around people or get close to you. If they think you're going to take you anywhere, if they think you're going to embarrass them, they, they'll keep you at arm's distance. Like this person, oh, they're good for this situation, or I'm comfortable with this person here. I'll talk to this person in a cafe or in, in a school or wherever and they're great we're buddies yay for 40 minutes but um i'm not gonna bring them around my family 
you know, I'm not going to bring them around my friends because they might try and fucking hit on like my boss's wife or something like that or, you know, do some weird shit like that. You you just don't know. You know, any question mark in Japan, people are not going to like um, accept you but uh, or bring you in the fold. Like they'll keep you at a distance. You, you'll get your box. I think I've talked about before and, you, and you'll be happy in the box and they'll be happy with you in the box. But when that's finished, that's it. And so, um, and, and again, networking here, that box gets bigger. You get a different type of box, but I understand that this is my role and this is with my relationship in this person. And I, it sometimes it's been a painful process understanding that, that even though I'm friends with this person, I can't exist in their, uh, their larger point. Cause you know, in the West, it's like, we're friends, we're friends, we're dogs, you know, but here it's like, yo, this is my foreign friend and i can introduce you to my colleagues or my staff in some situations like i'm the president of the company i can take you to a company event but i can't give you a job you know um because that's you know and so understanding that um is fine because then okay I can network with people without any, I'm without being needy and asking, you know, and wanting something from them because Japanese people can also feel that as well. I went through that phase, but I'm not in that phase anymore. And, and, and so now I'm at the phase where, okay, how can these relationships, I leverage those into things that I want, you know, and not in a negative way at all. And I'm not like, you know, let me use all these Japanese people to get my shit. No, it's like, okay. And, and I've done this and I do this like I my English ability, my, my English ability and my teaching ability is my is something of value that I have for to many Japanese people. So people that I have a connection with people that I'm cool with, how can I in as many ways possible, give that to them freely. If for my, this is my personality. Every person's different. I met people who are completely different who think I'm a fucking idiot. Like, but you know, okay, um, hey, let's just hang out and talk. Or hey, I'll teach your kid. Or you know, I mean, not for free, but for, you know, for um, at work your convenience or I'll go out of my way in some situations. I'll travel. I've done it. Travel across town just to maintain the relationship with a person and no expectation of anything in return for like a year, two years, maybe three years, you know, and just to strengthen our relationship, to, to show the person that, that I have some integrity, one, two, that, that I value my relationship with that person, and three, that I'm a reliable person. And like right now, the proposal that I'm working on is with someone who I've been doing some of those type of activities for so that when I ask, I can ask freely without any, without being at any disadvantage and, I, and helping me prepare some of this shit are people, same thing I give freely to. It's like the Godfather. Like, I, you know, I might need a favor one day and that the day might never come. But, you know, I mean, that's how I think about it. And that's what works for me, you know, and I've been getting the most progress in my career doing it that way you know i got people in high industries like right now like i could call if i if i need something if i'm like yo i got this thing going on i i want this do you know anything about this or can you i can actually make the call and i can get the information or the person can make a call on my behalf if i know what the fuck i'm doing you know and and, and if i got my shit together and so and I take that and, and, and those people have also been there to support me when I haven't had my shit together. You know, when I was trying to figure it out, 
Um, and I appreciate that. And they've worked with me because they've seen me growing and struggling and trying. And, and, and they've, they've told me that, you know, and they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I see you focus and I see you're, you're going to go somewhere. And that means a lot, you know, and, and, and so all that comes through my job and my work ethic and in a job that many people think is just a throwaway dead end job. But, you know, it takes time. It's something that I love. I've been doing this for a long time and it's my career, you know, and, and I'm t- trying to branch out into other area avenues with it. Now, again, I'll take, I'm going to wrap this up because it's almost an hour and I got to go to the fucking bed. But, you know, most people, again, I understand for most people, that is not the case. And for most people, like, fuck all that shit. I just want to like hang out in Japan and party for a little bit and, and see some cool Japanese shit. I totally get it. You know, um, if you life, that's how I came here. Life throws you curveballs sometimes. You know, you you never know. Um, I would say if you are a new teacher coming into Japan, it's, it's a lot trickier than it used to be. There aren't um, as many formal ways of teacher development as there used to be here in Eikaiwa. I don't know about ALT. Um, but yeah, I would say talk to veteran teachers, get some advice. It's, it's basically like driving a car. You just got, it's trial and error. But the biggest things I can say, talk less, listen more, um, think more and try harder. You know, if, if, if you, if you care enough, right? If you don't care enough, that's fine. I, I'm not saying you have to try and you have to care. I get it. Like I was there. Like some people are just like, I'm just teaching these goddamn lessons so that I can go to fucking Shibuya and hang out with people and go party. Gotcha. I'm not hating, you know? Um, but if you, if you do, if you are in the frame of mind that you want to give it a go, that's kind of what I can kind of give to you. And hopefully some of my experiences or my, with my approach to teaching and my approach to, to networking, I think, again, intentions are very important in this though. My intention is not to get something from people. It never is like, you know, um, I literally, people I connect with, I'm cool with, I just foster those relationships whenever possible. And, you know, I try to provide what I can to help them in whatever way that they need. That's all. And that's it. And uh, it's working, you know. So that's what I would tell, tell you. And whether that person be a little kid, a junior high school kid, a, a fucking, you know, person who owns a company, whatever. I, I try to teach every, treat everyone with the same respect and, and look at them the same way. How can I help this person? And what can I do in the time that I have with them? And I think if you, if you go, you know, you're not going to be perfect. But if you go in there with that intention, and that's what I mean, try a little bit and, and go the extra mile a little bit, you'll find that you get a lot more out of being a teacher in Japan. Um, it, it, or you, you might not get shit from it. <laughs> it might be fucking thankless work for a while because I know it's thankless and, and, and sometimes. But but again, that it, that comes from the decision that I made for myself um, when I first got here it's my 40 minutes it's not your 40 minutes you know it's my life and it's my 40 minutes and i choose to sit in this fucking chair and do it until i, I don't i don't do it anymore or i don't either i don't have to do it or i don't want to do it or whatever you know um 
um, or, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gone out the game or I transition into another phase of it, you know. But I think even if I can transition to, to the direction I want to go into, I still want to teach just to keep my skills sharp because that is an important part of me, I think. And um, I think it's something that I want to continue to do in some form or another um, for hopefully the rest of my life. You know, like Jay Z still rapping. He's he's not performing at Madison Square Garden anymore, but he's still rapping. You know, so that that's kind of how I think about it, and and hopefully it'll work out that way. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. All right. Let me. I'm starting to get sleepy. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Um. And again, uh, um. You know, you'll see me when you see me. <laughs> okay. I'll just leave it there. All right, y'all. Good talking with you. Thanks for listening, and I'll holler at you next time. Peace. <laughs>